Hello, everybody, and thanks for listening again. This is Katie Patrizio, and we're talking about the um, upcoming Sunday readings, um, especially today, the gospel reading, which is the story of Zacchaeus, um, one of the more famous parables. Um, It's not actually a parable. I shouldn't say that. It actually happened. Um, But one of the more famous stories that um, occurs also only in the gospel of Luke. So let's go ahead and read the story of Zacchaeus. It comes from Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. At that time, Jesus came to Jericho and intended to pass through the town. Now a man there named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector and also a wealthy man, was seeking to see who Jesus was, but he could not see him because of the crowd, for he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree in order to see Jesus, who was about to pass that way. When he reached the place, Jesus looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down quickly, for today I must stay at your house. And he came down quickly and received him with joy. When they all saw this, they began to grumble, saying, He has gone to stay at the house of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Behold, half of my possessions, Lord, I shall give to the poor. And if I have extorted anything from anyone, I shall repay it four times over. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a descendant of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save what was lost. So, right off the bat, Luke introduces to us the main character of this story, Zacchaeus. And his name is interesting. Um, In the Greek, it's Zacchaeus, and it comes from the Hebrew Zacchae, which ironically, considering who he is, um, his name means innocent. Zacchaeus means innocent. It also is related to the Hebrew word tzaddik, um, which means righteous or righteousness. Um, And what's fascinating is that what Jesus is going to do here in his encounter with Zacchaeus is he's um, going to make Zacchaeus into who he really is. This is something important to consider when we ask ourselves what God does for us and what sin does to us. So sin isn't something added upon us. Sin is an absence of something. And so when God redeems us and restores us, he actually makes us into who we really are. And so as the story progresses, we're going to see Jesus actually um, making Zacchaeus into who he really is, the innocent or righteous one. Um, Luke also tells us that Zacchaeus is a tax collector, um, which if you remember from the stories recently in Luke, tax collectors are pretty much universally hated um, by the Jewish people, in part because uh, they were cooperating with the pagan government that was over Palestine at the time. And also, um, they were just uh, in a position which would make them um, in, a, in a position uh, and, and, and participating in actions that would make them into um, what you could call public sinners, okay? So it was a tax collector was some someone similar to like um, a prostitute or something like that. They were persisting in public sin. So not only is Zacchaeus a tax collector, it's also, uh, we're also told that he's the chief tax collector, okay? So he's really made a career of tax collecting. And in fact, he's a tax collector probably over other tax collectors. And so he's really into his work and into his extortion. He's stationed in Jericho. And we're also told that he's rich. And these two things could 
be related potentially because Jericho is on the um, north or uh, it's north of Jerusalem, but it's on the um, the east side. So it's northeast of Jerusalem on the east side of Israel, um, just across the Jordan River. And so it's a town that you could see um, many people traveling through um, to get to Jerusalem or to other parts of Palestine. And it's um, uh, it was going to be a waypoint for people crossing over the Jordan River coming into um, the Palestine area. And so um, probably lots of taxes were collected, um, not only by people bringing in goods, um, but also just people traveling on the highway. It was not unusual for um, highways to be toll roads at that time. And so even though you might just be walking or just have a donkey with you, you still probably would have paid some sort of taxes. And Jericho was probably a place where lots of travelers were passing through. So we can see how um, Zacchaeus being stationed as a tax collector in Jericho um, could have made him very rich. But also Luke is trying to get across to us that... Zacchaeus is really uh, not the model of holiness. He's a tax collector, and he's also rich. Our Lord has strong words for those who are rich. He says it's extremely difficult for those who are rich to get into heaven. But at the end of this gospel, he's going to say that salvation has come to Zacchaeus, and something happens in between that we can understand how Zacchaeus is able to attain salvation. But I'm getting ahead of myself. So Zacchaeus is a chief tax collector. He's stationed in Jericho. He's rich and he's also short. Okay. It tells us that um, Zacchaeus ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree in order to see Jesus. This is extremely beautiful and powerful. He ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree in order to see Jesus. In other words, Zacchaeus did not allow anything to prevent him from seeking out our Lord. He climbed the tree because he was short. He ran ahead so that he had the best chance of uh, getting the best view. He didn't let anything prevent him from seeing our Lord. And he also put aside any sense of shame that he might have had. Remember, he would have been a public figure in the town as a chief tax collector. He also was a public sinner. And so to show such interest in Jesus is uh, to possibly um, ask for ridicule, right? And so Zacchaeus is not worried about um, being ashamed by what others would think about him for beginning to have a change of heart or just interest in Jesus. He's also not worried about what Jesus would think of him. Um, So there could be a sense if Zacchaeus is beginning to have a change of heart, considering um, his lifestyle, maybe he would be tempted to have shame and to actually want to stay away from Jesus because he's a sinful man. But that's not the case. Zacchaeus actually runs in order to see Jesus. It's also important to consider the fact that um, Zacchaeus is not bound by the circumstances in his life that he can't change. And so um, he's short, right? It'd be so easy for him to say, well, if God wanted me to see him, if Jesus wanted me to see him, he wouldn't have made me short. And there's lots of crowds, right? And it'd be easy for Zacchaeus to say, well, if 
our Lord, if Jesus wanted me to see him, he wouldn't have allowed there to be so many crowds. If God really wanted me to see him, he wouldn't have let these things happen to me. And that's not the view that Zacchaeus has at all. In fact, he doesn't let his short stature or the crowds get in the way of seeing Jesus. And we need to take a lesson from this because we tend to demand of God that he make it so easy for us to have faith in him. I can't imagine him doing anything more than he's already done for us by becoming incarnate, dying on the cross, giving us the blessing of the church. What more can we want for him? Uh, can we want from him to make it quote unquote easier for us? And so we need to take a lesson from Zacchaeus. There's something else interesting going on here. Um, so Zacchaeus, we're told, is short, okay? And we were just discussing how he didn't allow his short stature to prevent him from trying to see our Lord, from seeking him out. Zacchaeus, even though he was short or small, was not small-minded, okay? And here I want to bring in um, a notion in spiritual theology that's extremely important but not always talked a lot about, and that's the notion of magnanimity, okay? Magnanimity, um, so to be magnanimous, it's it comes from the Latin magnus and uh, animus, which means um, great-souled, or greatness of mind, largeness of mind, the opposite of magnanimity or being magnanimous is being pusillanimous, all right, which is the exact opposite of magnanimous, of being mag of, of being magnanimous, of having magnanimity. So being pusillanimous, pusillus meaning small, animus meaning mindedness or soul, right, small souled. Um, it, it, uh, it refers to, I mean, if you look up the definition of it, if you look up, for example, the definition of pusillanimous, you're going to find, um, words like, or synonyms like, uh, synonyms like, um, uh, fearful, um, uh, not courageous, um, things like this. Okay. On the other hand, magnanimity or someone who is magnanimous has a greatness of mind and a greatness of soul in order to be courageous and to um, desire uh, noble things. And in the spiritual life, magnanimity is something that should be fostered, okay? You may be with, uh, or hearing me talk about the definition of magnanimity and think that it sounds like pride or something like that. It's not. In fact, God wants us to have great desires for ourselves. And, and a lot of the times when we fail to pursue him in the spiritual life, it's because of we're experiencing and giving into the temptation to be pusillanimous, to be small-minded and small-souled. We'd rather just stay on the couch instead of climb the sycamore tree. <clears throat> when God wants us to have greatness of mind, greatness of soul, greatness of heart, he himself was the greatest-minded. He had the greatest soul. He had the greatest desires. What our Lord wants for us is holiness and sanctity. These are big, noble things. And to attain them, it requires 
a big, noble desire. Zacchaeus, even though he was small in stature, was not small in soul or small-minded because he was willing to overcome any of the things that could have prevented him, that could have talked him out of running ahead and climbing the tree to see Jesus, but he didn't. He was willing to put aside immediately in a moment his lifestyle and to answer our Lord's call to something great, right? We are all called to the magnanimity that Zacchaeus portrays in this story. We should all want something more out of life, what our Lord wants for our life, which is greatness. It tells us that when Jesus reached the place, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down quickly for today. I must stay at your home. It's interesting because um, perhaps Jesus saw Zacchaeus from afar off, but we're not necessarily sure. It says when he reached the place, he looked up. There's kind of a sense that potentially Jesus in his omniscience, which we would expect this, knew Zacchaeus was there. And so he reached the tree knew exactly where to look, looked up, and he also knows his name, right? And he calls Zacchaeus by name. He says, Zacchaeus, come down quickly for today. I must stay at your house. And he invites himself to Zacchaeus's home, which would would have been a great honor. Every good work in us is a response to God's grace. So um, Zacchaeus could have invited our Lord, and maybe he would have, But the story here shows to us that even the good works that we do are a response to God's movement in us. And so what Zacchaeus does is a response to God's call, I must come to your house today. Zacchaeus' response is telling. He comes down quickly and it says he receives Jesus with joy. Do we receive Jesus with joy? And do we respond with haste when we have a movement of the Holy Spirit? or experience a movement of grace. One very specific examination we can ask ourselves, how often do I receive Jesus in Holy Communion? How often do I go to Mass? Certainly, hopefully, it's every Sunday. But we have the opportunity on a nearly daily basis to climb the sycamore tree and to see Jesus, to be called by Him and to receive Him with joy. Do we take that opportunity to allow our Lord to look on us, to gaze on us and say, I want to come to your house today and to receive him with joy. It tells us that the crowds grumbled at this because um, they said that he's going to the house of a sinner. And possibly in response to this, it says Zacchaeus is speaking to Jesus and he says, Lord, half of my possessions I will give to the poor. And if I've extorted anything, I will repay it four times. This is immense generosity. And there's this balance actually between um, Zacchaeus portraying immense generosity and yet at the same time simply fulfilling the law, which he has been disregarding for such a long time. So at Deuteronomy 15 verse 11, the Lord commands that people give to the poor. And so in many ways, giving to the poor is not out of extra which this is something for us because we tend to think giving to the poor is something extra we do to be like an extra good Catholic or something like that. Really, according to scripture, 
giving to the poor is a commandment. And so Zacchaeus is willing to fulfill this command by uh, vowing to give half of his possessions to the poor. And then at Exodus 22 verses 1 through 2, it gives us the ruling, the law, for um, how to repay someone you have stolen from. And in fact, you are to repay them fourfold. And this is what Zacchaeus promises to do. He promises that if he has extorted anyone, he will repay them four times. Not only does Zacchaeus repent from his sinfulness, but he also seeks to make reparation. I want to just hone in a moment on, on this here. He's going to give away half of his possessions, and he's also going to repay fourfold what he has extorted. He's basically impoverishing himself. That is a lot of money, even if you're rich. He's basically impoverishing himself, saying, I want to give it all away. And so we can ask ourselves, how did salvation come to the house of a rich man? Because the rich man gave away his wealth. <clears throat> It's interesting because we said Zacchaeus's name is related to the Hebrew tzaddik, which means righteous or righteousness. And uh, also in Hebrew, the word almsgiving is actually related to the word righteous or righteousness. So to give alms was to do righteousness. And so in giving to the poor, Zacchaeus is becoming more of who he was created, who he actually is. Jesus, in response to this, says to Zacchaeus, and interestingly, the participle here in the original Greek is um, can also be translated, Jesus said of Zacchaeus, so he could be addressing the crowds, kind of. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a descendant of Abraham. So there's some question here. Some people read this last part because this man too is a descendant of Abraham and think, wait, was Zacchaeus actually a Gentile? I don't think so. I think Jesus is trying to make a different point here. I think Jesus is trying to say, sure, ethnically speaking, Zacchaeus is a descendant of Abraham, but now he is truly a descendant of Abraham, not because of his ethnicity, but because of his righteousness. And I think this is a commentary on Jesus's fellow Jews who believe that righteousness comes to this because of their, comes to them because of their ethnicity. But Jesus is saying it doesn't. It comes because of their righteousness. It's also interesting to say, to look at the fact that Jesus says today salvation has come to this house. We tend to read that and say Jesus is, is saying that Zacchaeus is being granted salvation, which is true, but also it seems that if we say that salvation has come to this house, well, who else has come to this house today, has come to Zacchaeus' house? Well, Jesus has invited himself over to Zacchaeus' house. And so Jesus is showing himself to literally be salvation. And so the salvation that comes to Zacchaeus is not only because of his uh, repentance and his cooperation in God's call, but it's also just because of Jesus himself and who he is. He's able to forgive sins, right? The Lord wants to do the same for us. The very last sentence of this gospel is so powerful. It says, for the Son of Man, Jesus here speaking, says, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save what is lost, our Lord wants to seek and to save you. You have nothing more than to um, run ahead to him, to climb up the sycamore tree and to look for him. He will come to you and he will invite himself into your home. All you need to do is be open 
be cooperative, and be of great mind and of great soul, practicing the power of magnanimity. Thanks so much for listening.